Hola, horror huns. How's everybody feeling this week? It's your girl, Meg, here with my non-binary bestie. Hey, it me, it be. It I was be. literally just pulling a face, like thinking people could see me just go, eh. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that this is not a video um, podcast. Like maybe down the line we can get there. But right now with all this caffeine that I just had, I'm like <laughs> jittering right now. I'm very excited for today's episode. Well, I've got a tinny, which for people that don't know what a tinny is, it's basically a tin of um, mixed alcohol. And I've currently got a pink gin and tonic which I've almost finished because it is sunny as hell in the UK at the moment and it is a different kind of heat to what people are used to. I have a cup of coffee, um, I have a blackberry and Mountain Dew, and a water. I didn't know what I wanted today, but I just got them all. I was just like, give them all to me, please. So I'm very <laughs> jittery. <laughs> But, you know, you'll have a level today with the topic we're going to talk about. But first, since, you know, we tried something new last week, we're going to continue it again this week. Mm-hmm. And we've got some horror news. <coughs> oh my God, I love about. that. <laughs> again, it is stuff that is notable to me. Um, if I've missed anything, tough luck. First thing I want to talk about is something I'm kind of excited about. And it is the trailer. The first trailer for the monsters <coughs> was released. Yeah. Yes, it's Rob Zombie, but it's a PG film. Yeah. So I'm going to be very interested to see how Rob Zombie's going to take his style of creating something and make it family friendly. Because if you've seen House of a Thousand Corpse, you know that shit ain't family friendly. At that all. is so true. Um, I've said on here before, I'm not a Rob Zombie fan. I know somebody might come for me for this, but I have never seen the Munsters. I'm an Adams family gal, so I really have like zero frame of reference um, as to what he's going to be talking about. So I should probably watch a few of the Munsters um, before the movie so I can compare them. But um, yeah, I mean, it it didn't really tick the meter of interest for me um, just because I'm not into either one of those things. But I was listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts, Tell Them Steve Dave, and Brian Johnson was like, does Rob Zombie have to cast his wife in fucking everything? She is horrible and he's like i like the monsters but i'm not a fan of her acting so i know that some people are low-key like we're going down this road again like come on yeah but listen you've just gotta have an open mind with this like i say whenever i talk about something is that don't go into something with predetermined thoughts and feelings about it just go in like you're like you've never heard about it at all and that you're just free-minded that i get that but also when i have disliked her and literally everything that she's been in it's kind of hard for me to be like oh i'm so excited but then again i don't know the character but i know that these are super iconic characters so it's just kind of like "Hmm, whatever i'm just not that excited maybe i will get excited closer to it maybe this will change my mind on rob zombie i'm not sure but I know everybody's like, oh my fucking God, they're so excited. So I'm happy that you're excited. Thanks. Thanks, thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Does it look good, though? Like, does the trailer look good, though? Oh, my God. 
that so the original monsters is in black and white obviously yeah. like the original for adam's family mm-hmm. um but the trailer oh my god the use of color is so mesmerizing <clears throat> and to me who also hasn't seen the monsters my dad has told me multiple times to watch it and i never had to me it looks really fun like it's a pg it's supposed to be family friendly like i'm not expecting you know the greatest cinema in the whole entire world but i'm looking forward to it and you know i will be talking about it i'm excited for you (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) okay my second bit of news which i shared on our instagram um and asked if people were interested in us talking about this when this is released is that snoop dogg is gonna be in a netflix film as a zombie slayer and it is releasing on august 12th interesting okay i haven't watched a trailer for this um but there's some other notable people in it right there are yes there is uh jamie fox and dave franco oh okay Okay, here's the bio for it. A hardworking dad out to provide for his daughter uses a boring pool cleaning job as a front for his real gig, hunting and killing vampires. So that sounds pretty interesting. Cute. And they do have a trailer for it. Ooh, it's Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So I know it's going to be dumb. It's going to be stupid. It's Snoop Dogg. But we love it. We love that here at Horror Hunts. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, Netflix aren't actually that bad at doing vampire films. I watched um, The Bronx versus Vampires when it came out, and I really enjoyed that. Like, Netflix know how to make vampire films, I think. Like, not, like, you know, serious vampire films, but, like, quite lighthearted, funny. Yeah, well, that sounds very interesting. I'm excited for that to come out. I'll probably watch a trailer when we're done here. I've seen people hyping it up on the internet. I've just been so busy watching YouTube videos for today's topic that I just really haven't had time to do much else. (laughs) So it's going to be interesting to see what this is like. But from the stills I can see, it looks hilarious well we'll definitely have to cover it when it comes out well when i posted it on our instagram story and asked people are you interested in seeing i did get some people saying yes so (laughs) we're gonna have to talk about it all right okay and the next notable trailer that came out is uh orphan first kill yes okay so i'm excited for this one orphan kind of like shook me when it came out the the arm breaking scene makes me shudder to this day um so i'm super excited and i was low-key like when i first watched it, i'm like this isn't the same family is it and then i was like oh first kill like it took me a second <laughs> yeah so um for those who don't know, this is obviously it's a prequel technically yeah. to the 2009 film Orphan, and it's the same actress that played title role Esther um, <laughs> as Esther, and obviously she she looks the same. Her face has not changed. Like yes, yeah, she's gotten a little bit older, but she looks exactly the same as she did that was gonna be my next question is are they de-aging her like i really couldn't tell if they did and if they did they did a damn good job 
I from the looks of it, they've slight. It looks like they've slightly done it, but I don't think a, a lot because I think she's relatively looks the same. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to see Julia Styles in this, so I think it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. And it's been released on Paramount Plus on August nineteenth. So sweet. Maybe <clears throat> maybe we'll do a um episode on a double feature talking about the original Orphan and then Orphan First Kill. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. fun. That would be so much fun. Yeah, and I like that this mm. trailer didn't give away too much of the plot for it. I mean, it gave you a little bit, but we've talked about how trailers can give you too much. So I'm looking forward mm. to this one. Well, this is the thing. We already know Esther from the 2009 film, and we know <clears throat> that she is a lot older than she portrays. And just goes from foster family to foster family and, you know, kills. So we know already who, sh- what kind of person she is. But this should give us more backstory, which would be quite interesting to see why. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Me too. So my fourth bit of news to share is some people are happy about this some people are not but the remake of Salem's Lot has been pushed back to 2023 I need a moment (laughs) I'm sad (laughs) um but I don't know if you saw this um I know that you haven't really seen seen or read Salem's Lot um but it's set in the 70s which is different than what the book is so I'm super excited because that's like one of my favorite eras I am very excited and I'm hoping that by them delaying it it means that they're putting more into the movie um which can be scary as well because like don't overdo it like this story gives you everything that you need for a good vampire movie so like don't overdo it but um I don't know. I'm really fucking excited. Like, so excited. Obviously, when it comes out as well, we were going to do an episode on it. Oh, um, yeah. We, I think we should probably do an episode comparing the book to the original film to the remake. So seeing how all three compare to each other and see, you know, which stands up to the book sort of thing. Well, the thing is, this has never truly been a movie. This was like mm, a made-for-TV type of deal and then like, you know, a short series. So it's like, I think the first like actual movie to be released in cinema. So I'm super excited and I hope that it allows the world to see Salem's Lot, just like they see The Shining and it. Like, this is such a strong story. So I'm really hoping that these filmmakers give it um, its justice. Yes, yes. It would definitely be interesting to see, um, especially with the delay. Um, I Look, I would rather people delay stuff than put something out that's unfinished. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Um, yeah, it happens a lot with games, like... People complain about games getting delayed, but honestly, I think we've gotten to a point, in, especially with the gaming community, where we would rather a studio delay the game than put it out unfinished, broken, and just waking us waste money buying the game. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be definitely interested to compare, watch, read, and see which stands up. Yeah. So... so but our last bit of news, which I'm probably going to let Meg take most of the talking over because it is some 
really, really exciting news yes. um, about some cast announcements for Scream 6. So uh, go on, Meg. <laughs> I'm so excited. They have announced that Samara Weaving and Tony Revolori is going to be joining the cast of Scream 6. These are two of my favorite actors in Hollywood mm-hmm. right now. I love Samara Weaving, even though I feel like she is definitely going to be killed in the opening scene. I mean, yes, but also, considering she is becoming one of the staples in the horror genre, like she's been in Ready or Not, which is one of our favourite films, Mayhem, which you've watched recently, The Babysitter, and Ash vs. Evil Dead, she is just becoming a staple within the community. But I feel like that is why they're going to kill her off. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Or she could be Ghostface. She'd be so hot as Ghostface. Oh, God, don't, don't. Right. (laughs) Tony. (laughs) Tony, I'm so excited. Um, He he plays Flash in um, Spider-Man right now. He's been in dope Grand Budapest Hotel. I have followed him on social media for a long time. He is just, like, such a cool, down-to-earth type guy. I'm super, super excited to see what he's going to be doing in Scream because Mm -hmm. I feel like all of the roles that he's been in have been so completely different. He's so talented. So I'm super excited when I saw that. I was like, oh my fucking God. I felt like my soul like lifted out of my body (laughs) a little bit. But yeah, I'm super excited for this. So and we also got Hayden Panettiere. Um, I probably butchered her surname. No, um, you did it correctly. Back as Kirby. Oh my fucking god! (laughs) Obviously, Courtney Cox is also reprising her role as Gail Weathers, and obviously we've got some other little notable um cast announcements. We've got um obviously General Taker coming back, Jasmine Survey Brown, um. Mason Gooding. So I think that this mm-hmm. is going to be a really strong screen movie. I'm super excited. Um, I seriously cannot wait. Yeah, but it will be interesting to see because isn't it based in New York? It well, is. Manhattan. Is it yeah, Manhattan? Manhattan is in New York City. So yes, I'm super excited. I feel like it's going to be different than what we're used to, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad thing. And I am sure that they're going to be doing some friday the 13th um jason takes manhattan hopefully please for the love of god i hope i mean with how meta scream is i can't see them not but i'm super super excited for this one um and i probably won't shut the fuck up about it until it comes out so woohoo oh don't worry um because now we have the podcast and we have enough preparation i think before Scream Skix comes out, we may do a Scream Marathon please, as well. Please, please, Oh my god, that'd be so amazing. It gives us enough time to plan, make sure the episodes are good for you, and just get the hype ready for Scream 6, because it's going to be one of the biggest releases that will happen in the next few years. Yes, so if you want to hear us do like a deep dive on the Scream franchise leading up to Scream 6... Let us know on social media. But yeah. That- or we're just going to do it anyway. Yeah, fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> you get no choice in the matter. <laughs> I, when I give you people choices, you fuck me over royally. Uh, you're just talking about the previous poll that you did. But, you know, it is what it is. 
we're giving the people what they want. Well, this one we are. Um, and then, yeah, but as you can probably tell from the title, we are finally covering the newest release from Supermassive Games, The Quarry. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm super excited. I am not a gamer girl. Um, so this is probably going to be a V-heavy episode. I, I'm excited. This is a yes. fun game. Yes. I sent Meg a playthrough of Gav Smulders, um, who does Twitch streaming and puts her Twitch streams into videos. And I gave Meg a choice of watching Gav Smulders, um, Super Horror Bro, and Jacksepticeye. And she was like, give me the girl. <laughs> give me the girl. So Meg watched it. Meg has maybe some thoughts and feelings that she'll bring up during the episode, but it's going to be very me-heavy. Yeah, I I'm have never played any games other than Mario Kart and Super Mario Brothers. Um, oh, and like Slender Man, you know, when I was a teenager with my cousin. But um, Oh, yeah. I think I, we all did. <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely like no frame of reference for how people review games. I have no frame of reference of other horror games. Um, so this is completely new to me, but I watch over 10 hours of playthrough. I watched Gab's entire playthrough where she played it first. I watched her completionist video, which was like four hours. And then I watched um, her absolutely annihilate everyone in the game. So I have seen like every fucking outcome I feel like for this game. So I'm excited to talk about it, even though I have absolutely no credentialing to be talking about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, First of all, I'm going to just um, talk a bit about Supermassive Games. So, uh, Supermassive Games kicked off their interactive storytelling games with Until Dawn in 2015, which actually Meg has just recently brought and is playing. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting when we get round to... We're going to do an episode on each of these games, hopefully, like spread out over time. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to the Until Dawn one. Yeah for sure um, uh yeah and they also released a spin-off uh called until dawn rush of blood for vr in 2016 they then had some bigger plans for their interactive storytelling games and they started releasing their dark picture anthologies it started off with the man of medan in 2019 little hope in 2020 and then House of Ashes in 2021, with the final game in quote-unquote season one, The Devil in Me, being released later this year in 2022. And then the title game we're talking about today, The Quarry, is essentially a spiritual successor of Until Dawn. Okay, see, like, I didn't even know that at all. When did this game, when was this game released? recently right which one the quarry yes um the quarry i believe was released um maybe a month a month and a bit ago wow okay so it's yeah so it's still relatively new um which is why i'm very glad we're talking about it <laughs> kind of now yeah i remember um, seeing a trailer for it before black phone and getting excited because it didn't give too much of the storyline away but i didn't realize it had been mm-hmm. that recent how do people play these games so quickly wow oh literally um i know that's their job (laughs) yeah yeah if it's a game they want to play 
they will um, record it the day it's released, um, edit it, and get the first episode out the same day. Um, Holy God. Yeah, yeah. You think it's bad when we have to release an episode the same week we have to record it. They do it same day, edited the same day, released same day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She broke her playthrough, like, her first playthrough without, like, any knowledge of what was going on, you know, multiple episodes. Um, I just didn't realize that it was that quickly of a turnover rate. That's pretty awesome for Uh them to be able to do that. I mean, I've played Until Dawn two times and I'm only on chapter four, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a lot of um the the um YouTubers and streamers that have played the quarry recently have now revisited Until Dawn, so I think they're trying to compare to Until Dawn in two thousand and fifteen to the quarry in twenty twenty two. And from what I can see, there's not really a difference. But then again, I I could be blind to the bat well here's the thing when i was watching the reason why i wanted to play until dawn was because gab was just like this is nothing compared to until dawn pretty much like she was like it's a good game but like it's not until dawn and then you know we went to go get the game and the person that was checking me out was like have you played this at all? I was like, no, I just watched a playthrough of the quarry and like they were saying how good Until Dawn is and so were the comments and he was like, I haven't played the quarry. I've seen like little clips of it, but I haven't watched a playthrough, but like I know that the quarry can't touch this game. So I don't know. I I will say just as like a gamer novice, it's crazy also how far the graphics have come in such little amount of time. I'm not saying that Until Dawn graphics are bad because you can tell who's who, um, which is funny that you mentioned Hayden Panettiere because she's Sam in Until Dawn, but they, the graphics in the quarry are like insanely good. Like people who code that shit, I, a round of a fucking applause to you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, until dawn we're obviously going to do an episode on it but just to touch on it super massive for their first proper game release to have these big big stars just doing this motion capture in this game if you don't know what motion capture is i'm gonna be preferencing it to mocap um it is basically where actors wear these skin type costumes with like little balls on them so uh technology can capture their movement so it can be superimposed into um the unreal engine and then they can create models based off the movement of the actors so basically the actors are having to do real acting for these games i wonder how long it takes them to like actually record all of their acting because with these games there's so many different outcomes that you can have so that would be a super interesting process if you were actually an actor in this because you could do something one way and then you know you could have a partner with you or then you would have to react it without having the same actor if that person were to get killed off so hmm. mm-hmm it's very interesting and you know supermassive is i think one of the first proper um, gaming studios that have really done this interactive storytelling game you know we've got stuff like life is strange um life is strange is technically well it is an interactive storytelling game but it's nothing like what supermassive games is doing supermassive games is a league of their own 
Yeah, I think that that's why I found this super interesting was because I thought that it was totally different. Like, I've watched my brother play video games my entire life. I've watched Val play video games. I don't think I've ever truly seen a game like The Quarry where it's more, it almost felt like a television show. Like, you get to choose your adventure, but it didn't, it wasn't like, okay, now I have to, like, walk or I have to illuminate something. Like, there is little pieces like that, but that's not the whole thing, which is why I never played video games, because that's super intimidating for me. I don't have quick recall for the buttons like that, so, like, being able to not have it be that heavy is super interesting. Mm. It feels like you're being a part of a movie. Yeah. Which is why I thoroughly enjoy watching people play them. I've got a couple of the games for free um, because I have PlayStation 5. So I've got Until Dawn and they've recently given us Man of Medan for free. So I've got them to play. Um, But yeah, it's definitely interesting. So shall I give a brief run through of what the story is for The Quarry? Oh, yeah. Players assume control of nine teenage counsellors who must survive their last night at Hackett's Quarry summer camp amongst supernatural creatures and violent locals. That's it. That's that's just the story. Yeah, and in the trailer, you don't truly, like, get too much of what is going on, which I liked. And as you start to play, I will say this was kind of like a slow start for me. I felt in this game, um, I was thinking, oh, is it going to be like Friday the 13th? Like, is there going to be, you know, a slasher? But no, it's fucking werewolves. Mm-hmm. It's a lichen fox. Yes. And like, wow, I did not see this storyline going that way, but it was so good. This is why I didn't tell you anything about this. Yeah. I wanted you to watch a playthrough to find out yourself that it is motherfucking werewolves. Yeah, Gab was like, I think it's werewolves. And when she said that, I had probably thought it along with her, but I'm like, this is like very suspicious that it's like a full moon and that he's like, we gotta get out of here. You guys have to be safe. Chris was. But I did also really fuck with the intro too, because it there was such a like air of mystery around it when um you meet Ted Raimi. <laughs> So I thought that that was really interesting and him telling them to go to the motel and them just blatantly disregarding. And then in the basement, you didn't like really know what was going on. Like, okay, something just attacked Max, but then Laura gets like shot with a tranquilizer. Like what is going on? <laughs> it's it's insane intro to a game that you're like, Okay, it started. And then after that intro sequence with uh, Laura and Max, you're just all of a sudden got the title sequence and you're like, wait, that's just the intro? What the fuck? Yeah, what just happened? And like in the Mm -hmm. intro as well, like you learn that, you know, the fortune teller and harem scarum, you find out that that's the spirits. But when I first watched this intro, I was like, is it a ghost story? Like, there was so many layers to this game that I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It, I think even though it was a slow start, um, I don't think they really wanted to show you the the creature right away. 
because they still want to have the air of mystery, even though a lot of people guessed it was werewolves off the bat, like, oh, full moon, oh, mysterious creature that is really, really fast, werewolf. Yeah. But it still was a great reveal, which we'll get more into. Um, but I have the list of the cast and yes. their characters. Yes, ooh, this is exciting. So, <laughs> we're starting off strong with a gentleman we've already just mentioned, Ted Raimi as Travis. Yeah, I think I texted you maybe when they introed his character. I was like, he's kind of suspicious. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> Ted Raimi. I think that's Raimi. just Ted Raimi. <laughs> I was about to say, but it is Ted Raimi. Um, so, yeah, I and God, he looked exactly like Ted Raimi. That's what I'm saying. Like, whoever designed that, it was amazing to watch especially for Mm -hmm. me who is like i just picture like laura croft like the original tomb raider so it's just crazy that (laughs) it felt like you were literally watching a tv show i know it's insane how far it's come but yeah and then the next star that is also big in the horror genre david arquette as chris yeah he also looked good um (laughs) <laughs> They've definitely de-aged him. You can oh, tell they that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he looked good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying that David Arquette looks bad, but like you know, we love David, David Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he looked like yes, and I was suspicious about that <laughs> motherfucker too, and I had a right to be. <laughs> and we'll get into that when we talk a bit more. So the next star which you saw in the opening sequence, is Siobhan Williams as Laura. Yeah, what a bad bitch right there. Stunning woman. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Um, Who I think is stunning is Max. Skylar Gizio? You, yeah. Uh-huh. Gizio? I don't know how to say his last name either. Um, no. I love him. Everything that he's in is so funny i think he's in vacation but if you have not watched righteous gemstones (laughs) it is so funny anybody who's seen righteous gemstones will get it's gideon when i saw him in this i was like what the fuck (laughs) i was kind of like whoa he's in this yeah i haven't seen the righteous gemstones what have i seen him in Oh, V, it's so funny. I think you would really like it. They're basically Oh, yeah, like... Santo um, Claret's Diet. That's what I've seen. Yeah. Them, which the bastards at Netflix cancelled that show, which is disgusting of them. How dare they? Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about Righteous Gemstones after this, though. I'm going to try to get you on that bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noted. Noted. So, yeah. So, he plays Max, which is Laura's boyfriend. And in the intro sequence, you see him get attacked yeah that was crazy yes so the next actor and probably my favorite character as well is miles robbins as dylan oh my god i love dylan he was so funny (laughs) um i think this is susan sarandon's son hold on let's have a look and I think if it, I, and I think there, he at one point had long hair and he was so beautiful. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, it, yep, mm hmm. Yeah. Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon are I, mom and pa. No, I love the character of Dylan. He is so funny. 
honestly he was a bit of a dick at the beginning but he really grew on me throughout the game plus i really enjoy miles as well as an actor i just think he's so funny in general and i found out recently that he streams on twitch and plays games and he's just i think recently played the quarry as well so oh i know that um ted Raimi, i guess watched a streamer's quarry playthrough and they're they're like whoa this is crazy <laughs> mm-hmm. it's insane because when they went into this before i get on with the list they had never done anything like this before and a lot of people um in this cast don't play games so they're just like this was insane to be a part of it was an experience really enjoyed it and yeah that's awesome it was insane insane for them but the next actor on this list who is potentially could be a love interest for dylan is justice smith as ryan who i know from detective pikachu yeah i yes he is in detective pikachu um i did not like his character he's a good actor but he just wasn't my favorite in this yeah throughout the game everyone was really suspicious of ryan oh no matter no matter who you play through, I watch, everyone was like, mm, Ryan is really suspicious. I don't trust Ryan. Hmm, that's interesting. I, like, I didn't get that vibe from him. He was just like, he seemed like a douche to me. Mm. Well, I mean, most people that listen to podcasts are douche. Oh, <laughs> the look on your face right now. <laughs> no offense, listeners, <laughs> because I am also a, a podcast douchebag who yeah. listens to podcasts. <laughs> And he's a podcaster as well, so you know. You know. Double-edged sword here. Double-edged sword. <laughs> um, he just wasn't my favourite. No, but I, I enjoyed him in some parts, but also he wasn't my favourite. Yeah. Okay. Next lovely lady. Mostly we've only mentioned one lady, but the next lovely lady to mention is Brenda Song as Caitlin. Yeah, she was so good in this, and, like, her character was stunning. Like, she... Mm. It looked like Brenda Song was in the game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. And I liked the character of um, Caitlyn, too. Like, I I did really like her. We needed more Caitlyn in the game. There was not enough screen time for Caitlyn, because Caitlyn was a badass. Yeah, truly. Could have done more. Could have done more. But... The next lovely lady whose character I wanted to punch at the beginning, but ended up loving in the end, um, is Halston Sage as Emma. Oh, I'm a really big fan of Halston Sage, which I was a low-key upset that they did her that way because I feel like she's so much prettier in real life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's Emma was kind of like you said, like, okay, <laughs> she's all right. She wasn't my favorite girl, but she wasn't my least favorite girl. Yeah, like I said, I wanted to punch her in the face at the beginning, but at the end, I I thoroughly loved her. Like the, just to mention, the scene where she's in the, the tree house. Yeah. She's like talking to her phone. Like, I, she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of Emma's. Mm, me, me too. So, the next lovely lady who i i think could have had more character mm-hmm. shown is area winter as abigail now listen i thoroughly enjoy abigail um ariel winter love her i did not vibe with abigail 
Yeah, she, you said it, she didn't really have much character development other than her being with Nick. And I feel like they could have done more with her character, but I also feel like she's, her character itself is like a meek person. So maybe that's what you would get for this character type put in this situation. Yeah. It's just it's just a shame when a female character gets reduced just to liking a boy. Yeah. And just solely focused on a boy. It it really grinds my gears because it's been used so much and it makes certain women look weak. Yeah. But anyway, as mentioned, Nick. Um he is played by the unknown to me actor of Yeah, I've never heard of him. Evan Evergore. Um Ever Evergore. Yeah, I honestly, I don't think I've seen him and I think he's from New Zealand. So he's been in, um, oh, he was in Fantasy Island. So I have seen him in something. Um, but he has been in, uh, you don't know the show, but called Home and Away, which is quite big in Australia and the UK and New Zealand. Um, he was in Star Trek Picard. Um, Fantasy Island and obviously The Quarry. So he doesn't have a lot of acting credits to his name. Yeah. Um. Again, same thing as with Abby. I felt like their characters were just the lovers to get us to, um, you know, the starting point of this game. So yeah. I don't have much of an opinion about her or him. Yeah. Um, so the last of the campers before we get on to the the hackets. The hackets is Zach Tinker as Jacob. Now, listen, Jacob grew on me a lot. He was funny. He is what the young people call a himbo. Um, if you mm-hmm. will, and the whole reason that they're stuck in this mess is because Jacob went in one more night with Emma. God love him. Yeah. Yeah. He, again, another character like Emma, I wanted to punch in the face at the beginning, but in the end, really grew on me because, you know me, I've got a soft spot for bimbos and himbos. So I just have such a love for them. And he grew on me, for sure. Yeah. So we have three more hackets. We talked about Travis and we talked about Chris. So the sheriff and the camp counselor. We've got three hackets and Constance to introduce. Yeah. So the first hacket we're gonna talk about is Jedediah, who is played by Lance Hennes Hens Henneski Henneski Henneskin. Henneskin. You know, um, who you know is... if you're a regular listener, me and V don't know how to say anybody's names. So just let's uh, move past that point. <laughs> I think I've mentioned in like previous episode, I'm dyslexic. So I do my best to say names and pronounce them correctly. If I do say them wrong, I am terribly sorry, but... We're illiterate. Lance... Yes. <laughs> Lance Hennekinson, um, who is a notable horror actor as he was Bishop in aliens and was also in aliens versus predator which side note new prey movie is coming out in a yeah. couple of weeks as far as the character of jedediah this character type scares the shit out of me jedediah yeah. scared me yeah and then we have um ethan sapel as bobby who is just massive <laughs> uh how do i put it it just seems like a big teddy bear yeah 
he he is the dumb big brother of chris and travis but i don't think Mm -hmm. i mean i'm talking big as in size wise not age um he's like the little brother that is just miraculously huge and stupid you know Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And um, he was in Mulrats as yep. William. He was in The Hunt, uh, which I recently watched. I think either last month or a month before, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. He was in Good Girls, which I just love that show so much. Um, yeah, he's in a lot also of stuff. again. Yeah, Santa Clara Diet, um, Twin Peaks. So he's he's no stranger to. The horror genre. Strong cast. Strong cast. We've got two more who are probably the big names. And we've got Lin Shay as Constance Hackett. Yeah, wow. She is a character. <laughs> yeah. But Lin Shay, she needs no instruction, really. She yeah. is a powerhouse for sure. But yeah, I, I kind of wish constance hackett had a little bit more screen time because some people's playthroughs just shot constance right in the face immediately um which was such a gnarly kill i can't wait till we can talk about how people get killed because holy fuck that shotgun scene was insane it oh my god yeah it's just insane and then we have grace sabinski as eliza eliza yeah, the whole harem scarum storyline, yeah, was mm-hmm. a little bit off for me. Um, but she played a creepy fortune teller really well. Mm-hmm. She was also in The Grudge, um, Armageddon, Twin Peaks, again, Santa Clara Diet. She's been in quite some things. Um, and again, is a very notable actress. So it was, it was, I, I definitely think the character she played, Liza, was definitely off putting. Yeah, for sure. So, with the quarry being an interactive story, there are many different paths you can take the story down. So, most people's first playthrough won't be exactly the same. With that being said, it gives the game replayability. So as you watched Gab Smulders, she did her first playthrough, then she did a playthrough where she saves everybody, and then she did a playthrough where she kills everybody. Yeah, which I thought was beneficial to watch because I'm never going to play this game since I've literally watched so much about it, but at least I got to see like every avenue that you could go down, and it really does drastically change the story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, as I mentioned previously, Supermassive Games uses motion capture on their actors to catch their movement accurately. At the beginning, when Laura is carrying Max up the stairs from the basement, Siobhan Williams actually carried a dummy that weighed um of the person while she was wearing motion capture. So apparently it was extremely heavy, but everyone was so impressed watching her carry this body-heavy dummy up these wooden flight of stairs to capture the exact movement of someone carrying a body up the stairs. So That's pretty cool. This is what I mean when these actors that were in this game aren't just voice acting. They are actually doing real physical acting as well, which yeah. I think really adds to... The game itself yeah definitely so as meg has said and i have said this game is 
a creature feature of some sorts. We also have kind of a side story that a lot of people have mixed feelings about of the Heriscarum. Uh, I I know my feelings on it. Um, I can probably kind of guess what your feelings were. But I don't think all the Heriscarum things were necessary. Yeah. I think they should have just focused on the lycanthrops, the werewolves solely. I know they kind of add together, but it kind of got a bit messy because mm-hmm. if you if you know supermassive games, you have to find these prediction. Yeah. Like, like the totems. totems, yeah. Yeah. In this so in Until Dawn, it's totems uh, where you can build up totem poles and each totem is a different colour for different visions. Um, whereas in this game, you are collecting tarot cards. And the one thing I didn't like about this is if you collected more than one tarot card, you could only pick one future to see. Like yeah. one which I thought was very interesting because in Until Dawn that I'm playing, like you can go back and watch them multiple times and you can watch every single one, which is, Mm -hmm. I feel a lot more beneficial to the player than just Mm -hmm. having to pick one of your uh, tarot cards. You know, say you find four and you can only see one, but you're not even allowed to know what the other three were. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, okay, but if people want one hundred percent it and know everything that's going on, you probably have to go back so many times, yeah, to try and see what they were. Which I know this game is really good for replay replayability, but Jesus Christ, that's too much. <laughs> Let the people see them all, you know? Yeah, I agree that I felt like that storyline was a little bit messy. It just was a lot, it felt like, toward the end at least, um, especially with Eliza being angry with the Hackett's. Um, It just felt mm. a little like, okay, but it did help further the storyline to get us to the end, so I do get that. Yeah, it was a necessary evil. Yeah, because you wouldn't know that Silas, the wolf boy, or Eliza's son um, started all of this and that they've been trying to find him to take him out because the lure is if you kill the the werewolf that turned you then you will be cured of your disease or whatever um so i do get that it just felt a little gimmicky (laughs) with them feuding like that yeah and i think a lot of people would probably agree with you because supermassive even though they've got a winning formula Everyone's favorite supermassive game is still Until Dawn. It was released seven years ago and people still rave about it to this day because it focused on one singular storyline. When I posted on my Twitter and my Instagram that I started playing Until Dawn, I had multiple people on both sites be like, yes. So, um, like, that is the game. I I didn't think that the quarry was bad because you know i don't really have much to base it on and i thought that the storyline was interesting but i did feel like there was just a little bit too much going on and i know that when i was watching the playthrough gab said that they had too many characters too so again i can't really like 
justify being like, I didn't really like that, but I just felt like as a non-gamer, having the multiple alleys just felt a little bit too much. Yeah, no, I completely see why, because we've got obviously nine campers, nine campers, and I know there's, you know, there's not a lot of characters in Until Dawn. If it was just the nine core campers, which that includes Laura and Max, I think it wouldn't be too bad. But then we've got an addition of Travis, Chris, Jedediah, Bobby, Constance, and then Eliza. That is... A lot of people. (laughs) That's a lot of people. That is 16 characters you're having to focus on, see, whereas Until Dawn is just maybe handful and a bit of characters that you just need to focus on yeah so that felt like a lot but i did like the the summer camp thing like i said you know it definitely felt very friday the 13th um yeah yeah it felt very friday the 13th in the beginning and i'm glad that they took it a completely different direction um and did make it werewolves and oh my god can we please get into how fucking scary those things were the first time they showed them i was like what the fuck when emma was in the on the island and they like truly showed his Mm -hmm. face for the first time i was like holy shit yeah it's it's a werewolf design i've never seen before and i really thoroughly enjoyed how they looked because werewolves are terrifying yes but this looking werewolf oh my fuck yeah if you have not seen any images of the quarry definitely look them up they're super freaky their teeth are disgusting and also the way in which you turn into a werewolf was crazy you don't get this transitional thing where like the wolf comes out of you you literally explode and you're the wolf which Mm -hmm. is like interesting how do you turn back I don't, honestly, I don't question it because, (laughs) you know, we've seen all kinds of different werewolf transformations and this was so different from what we've seen before and honestly, just the explosion of the blood is insane. Every time it happened, I was like, yeah, explode. Yeah, Yeah, especially like... (laughs) When you see Nick do it for the first time, um, you know, in my playthrough, he turned and um, Abby got killed, um, which that death scene was crazy, just getting her complete head ripped off. But these werewolves do something very unique and, like, dog-like. They almost play with their victims. Like, they don't just, like, scratch you or bite you. They, like, push you or, like, throw you around like a rag doll, which, like, if you've ever seen a dog hunt or, like, play with toys, that's what they do. They, like, shake them around and, like, break all their bones. So it was a very violent game in that sense. Well, yeah, I mean, because technically werewolves are wolves, essentially, and wolves are a part of the dog family. Yeah. So... It's so interesting to see that they have taken the inspiration of werewolves and gone, right, we've got this, let's change their look of them. Let's change how they transform. Let's change how they interact with their victims. And with that aspect, Supermassive really did an amazing job and gave us kind of a fresh take on werewolves. Yeah, definitely. It kept at its core the werewolf values like 
you know, that silver can kill it, that, um, you know, they only come out during a full moon. They kept the lore of the werewolf but made it their own, um, which I thought was yeah. super interesting. I mean, like I said in the last episode, you don't need to reinvent a wheel. Yeah, for sure. You don't need to reinvent it, but keeping those kind of fundamentals is probably what makes a werewolf a werewolf. Yeah. You can change the look, you can change how they act, but if you keep those core fundamentals of what a werewolf is, you can still call it a werewolf or a like a rock. Yeah, I don't know how you want to do this, but I really want to talk about some of the kills. I mean, let's just get into it. So, obviously, I haven't watched the playthrough of Gabs where she does all the kills, but I've watched multiple different playthroughs so before we get into proper kills this is something i really want to talk about because this scene oh my god so it's kind of in the latter half of the game uh ryan and dylan are going to a radio shack um in the campsite because dylan's been you know fixing it up working in there um making it his space and they're trying to radio for help and all of a sudden they hear a noise on the roof of the shack and they're like ah shit well no they're not like ah shit ryan the fucking idiot looks out the window doesn't tell fucking dylan that yeah, he's just that's why i'm saying he's suspicious like i don't like him yeah <laughs> dylan opens the door walks out sees the werewolf and screams in the most funniest way ever (laughs) runs back in and goes why the fuck didn't you tell me and basically this is where your chance of changing dialogue like choosing you know what you want to say i think the playthrough i've watched chose um well i didn't know what i saw yeah it's like yeah but you still saw something yeah and either way so his hand gets fucking torn up yeah, yeah. They trying to do a high pitched noise because Dylan is very smart and it's like, oh, they're, they're dog like. High mm-hmm. pitched noise. Dogs don't like that. Let's do a feedback loop on the intercom system. And Werewolf rips out the cord. Dylan gra- grabs for it. Dylan's hand gets infected. Now, this is a choice that you are given. You can either chainsaw Dylan's arm off or shotgun. Dylan's arm off. I watched the chainsaw one. Me too. And it is so fucking gnarly. It is. And the chainsaw says groovy, which is like an homage to Evil Dead, which, you know, Ted Raimi. So that was awesome. And I also watched the playthrough where they didn't take his hand off. It was so brutal. And this game was super gory. So I, yeah, that was a crazy scene. I think it was one of my favorites because it was like, oh, fuck. But also, Dylan is the smartest here. He knows what he's on about. Yeah, like, seriously, he said it. He was like, um, I think he's sick. <laughs> like, when Nick first got bit because, you know, Nick was the person that started all of this when him and Abby went to go for a little kiss. And Dylan was just like, something ain't right. Like, this is not... Mm-hmm. And so he he did the smart thing and was like, cut off my hand. Um, So who knows? Maybe if they make a quarry too, we'll see his cool attachment that he has. Oh, that'd be amazing. But also, Ryan should have been smarter about this whole situation because he listened to a podcast called Bonafide or... Yeah, um, 
I, I don't I don't remember, but literally, like, that is what annoyed me about his character is, like, you're the person that's supposed to be, like, into all this conspiracy shit and, like, know about the hag yeah. of Hackett's quarry. Like, why are you so skeptical and, like, hmm. I don't know. He just wasn't my favorite. But yeah, the fact that no. he had to take off his hand was pretty crazy. It was insane. But which character death do you want to talk about? So I have two. Um, I mentioned briefly that um, in the first playthrough of Gabs that I watched, um, Abby's head gets fucking bit off. And that's like really the first kill that you see other than Kaylee in the swimming pool. But that was crazy. Like, I was not anticipating, like, it being so violent and how crazy that was to, like, witness, like, her getting her head ripped off. But the second camper um, was Caitlin's death. So I saw two versions of Caitlin's death. I saw where she gets frozen in the freezer which is kind of a boring for them to die. So I didn't really care for that one. But the first one that I saw was super intense. Uh, Gab failed to shoot, I think it was Caleb, when he came down the chimney, which ended up in my playthrough getting Dylan killed and then getting Caitlin killed. But in that playthrough, he like takes her and again, like a dog would, takes her and like throws her like a rag doll up and down. Like he picks her up and is like shaking her and beating her violently against the floor. And then he just bites her and pulls out her intestines, like pulls out all of her entrails and is just like, like a magician pulling out scarves from a hat. It was crazy. Nice. That's insane. It's so gnarly. But um, a death I want to talk about it feels like we're just talking about mainly the female deaths, um, <laughs> is Emma's death that I saw. So I watched um, a playthrough through Jack Jacksepticeye. He was the first person I saw that played it, um, and I watched his playthrough. He is dating um, Gab Smulders as well. So oh, cool. Yeah, a little, a little couple I've watched, but doing separate things. Um, and basically, it's in the treehouse. And you've got the choice of going through the bag or going up the stairs. And he's, he knows what's going to happen. He's like, I'm just going to go up the stairs. Fuck it, you know. And <laughs> obviously she's talking through a phone like, here I go. Going to go investigate this mysterious noise. Opens the And she's like, goodbye, cruel world. Opens the hatch and there's a werewolf. And she's like, oh, shit screams uh well falls back down and basically just gets oh my god it is just so intense basically the werewolf just is on top of her and just like gets tearing her face apart just like ripping her to shreds uh it was just so funny to watch um jack sepsico's face just go what the fuck (laughs) even though he knew it was gonna happen he was still like what yeah like it it, this game is super intense i was not expecting that um i didn't expect a game to be so gory and i'm also like damn this shit's on youtube uh but no i the deaths in this game especially when it comes to gore constance's face gets blown off by laura in the hackett house Mm -hmm. with a like sawed off shotgun Mm -hmm. oh my god that was pretty gory and so good. Insane. Yeah. It was just like, again, I was watching um, Jack Septicai's paper and he's like, I'm going to, you know, tussle with her. And then 
not expecting the shotgun to go off, just going bam, and his face just going. That was literally jaws dropped. Yeah, just like <laughs> what? <laughs> that was Gab. Um, the first time that she played, she was like, "I'm just gonna press A and like see what see what happens." And I mean, she the her face like her jaw dropped. She was like, "Oh my god!" And then I watched um her completionist run through where. She doesn't do that, and Constance just, like, shoots Laura blank in the, the head, like, blank, square in the forehead, um, which was crazy. So one of those two ladies were getting shot no matter what you did. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, it's just insane. Um, and in one of the playthroughs I watched, Bobby got his um, throat and face ripped out by werewolf Chris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that was pretty gnarly but ooh, also travis's death when they are driving oh down God. to it's laura um ryan and travis and they're driving down to shoot silas and silas jumps on the top of the car and just rips his head off just rips travis's head clean off i was like oh my god <laughs> Uh, just there's so many ways that people can die because you know there's there's death everywhere pretty much yeah literally um, <laughs> um i think i also watched the playthrough where jacob got his head ripped where he got caught in a bear trap <gasps> yes um and got flinged upside down and then he just got annihilated yeah he like had one foot in the bear claw and like you had to like choose to like either pry it open or tear it free and if you try to tear it free then you like fell face first into another bear trap that was crazy Mm -hmm. this game was i really really enjoyed it and that's why after watching the first playthrough i was like i have to i just see so much about until dawn like if it's if until dawn is better than the quarry like i'm so excited i just got to where shit starts happening um in chapter four so i'm super excited to see where until dawn goes if i'm so like holy shit about the quarry and like everybody's like this doesn't touch until dawn are you kidding me yeah i i obviously know what happens in until dawn i know what the creatures are so i know what the creatures are and that's literally all that I know. I know that it's Wendigos, but I told you, I texted you, I'm like, there's a fucking siren, red flag, whatever. Josh is very sus to me. So I guess we'll see. Obviously, I'm being a good friend, a good best friend who knows Vestie does not like spoilers. So I'm keeping my mouth shut about Until Dawn, Love Island. (laughs) everything um no but I everything do... i'm just letting you experience things for yourself i liked the character of laura in the quarry like she was she took the time for that month that she was in the prison scene or the jail scene which was so long and drawn out that was such a boring point in that game but i am hoping that sam and until dawn just becomes an absolute annihilator like i hope that she is super cool like how laura was so i have a good feeling because i've already killed off jess um or jessica it's that just leaves emily and ashley and i can't see them being like the cool badass of the group so 
I'm interested. Yes, I am definitely interested to see how your playthrough goes. Are you going to play it more than once or are you going to play it once and are you going to let Val play it? Um, so Val's been watching me and um, sometimes I'm like, what What should we do? Like, what decision should we make? And Val's like, I think you should do this. And I'm like, oh, nope, I'm doing the other one. So um, <laughs> I would like to see how different it'll be, which I'm sure Val could play a lot better than me because I told you that I like rage quit after trying to climb this elevator. I'm like, I don't know what buttons to press. Like, I'll just get mad. Um, so it's probably going to take me a little while to play through it. Just because I'm a novice, now ask me to play Super Mario Kart. I got you. <laughs> v is like, oh my god. But I have already been sent a list of games to like watch or try to play from my friend. So if there's a game that you would like me and V to cover, um, definitely let us know because this was very exciting for me, not knowing like anything about any of these games. Um, so I'm sure that we're going to be doing more of these episodes. Yes. What? For sure. <laughs> well, no. No, I'm just thinking um, about you watching Outlast because you have no idea. I have no idea. And I kind of wanted you to send me a recommendation of who to watch play this game because now I've got to know. I've got to see it for myself. So that's your homework for today is to okay. send me somebody okay. to play to watch a playthrough of Outlast. Um, I probably won't play like a lot of video games just because like it's not really my speed, um, especially if it's something that is more <laughs> like function heavy than what Until Dawn is because I'm like... I don't know what the fuck is going on here. What do you mean R1? There's two R buttons? I, I'm confused. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, I've got some fun little facky wacks. I love these fun facts. These are amazing. Give them to me. Fun facts. Um, obviously, you've stolen one of mine. Um, <gasps> Groovy is written on the side of the chainsaw. Ryan uses the cut Dylan's hand off. This is a nod to Evil Dead, a Ted Raimi film. I'm still sad. I texted you about this. I'm sad that there are no scream easter eggs for um our deputy I mean, david arquette is himself <laughs> a screen reference so there is a book that you can find at the beginning when exploring the camp with the title of slaughter by sunrise this is most likely a nod to until dawn mm, interesting okay Abby, who is played by Ariel Winter, um, wears a bat-winged backpack, which could be a nod to Ariel's voice acting work as Robin in a handful of Batman animated films. Oh, I didn't know that she was in Batman animated films. That's pretty cool. That was a oh, cute backpack, I too. I low-key was like, where can I get this? I need it. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> um, John. Mukhtarian, um was the man in the directorial chair of for Predator and players of the quarry can use shotgun shells branded Mukhtarian in a homage to the director. This branding name is a um, reference um, re references subtle and most players won't catch it. Um, 
and this is also a nod to the predator interesting okay yeah i didn't even catch that there was anything on those so that is a good little easter egg so um, a famous television show which that explores a, a new story and a new world every single week for years. The Twilight Zone is one of the most recognisable um, for the infamous voice of Rod Sterling. Um, the animated tutorials in The Quarry are unsettling in their own, despite featuring a very um, a variety of adorable cartoon characters. However, the actor that narrates these tutorials was chosen for his incredible impression of Rod Sterling and his ability to therefore make a part of this game um, resonate with the eerie Twilight Zone opening. Ooh, yeah, those tutorials when she was playing them were kind of weird. I was like, oh, I don't like these. They felt very out of place because mm-hmm. any other, this was the first supermassive game that had that kind of tutorial play. I mean, I, I enjoyed the art style. I thought they were quite funny, but they do feel very out of place, essentially. Yeah. And so my last little fact, well, little Easter egg, little fact, is while the references to the Friday the 13th franchise in The Quarry are many, some are easier to miss than others. The fact the game is centred on murders at some account is a notable one, as a story involving Liza uh, uh, being Star's mother. However, there are more subtle references to the iconic horror series, such as Tom Savini. This name appears on a on bottle um, beer bottles in the game because he was the special effects supervisor on the original Friday the Thirteenth film. Many of the eighties throwback outfits are also notable, drawing inspiration from the style clothings in the nineteen eighty classic. Yes! Wow! Yeah, I've I've said it a couple times in this there. Our major Friday the 13th vibes in this and I love it so yeah I I love that little fact about Tom Sweeney that's pretty cool it's just um because I think they recently released a DLC where you can dress the campers in 80s clothes oh cool so it gives it definitely more of that slasher Friday the 13th vibe even though you know it's werewolves very fun. Well, I feel like this was a very good choice for our first video game. I mean, it got me to actually play a different video game. So like that's saying something. I'm super excited to cover more of these. V has already thrown up polls on our Twitter about the next yep. super massive um, game. Is it called Super Massive Games? Yes, Super Massive Games. Yeah. So the next one we're going to be covering is House of Ashes, right? You absolute bastards. <laughs> you bastards. I thought Untold Door would win by a country mile, but you absolute bastards voted for House of Ashes, which isn't bad choice, but at the same time, I was kind of hoping for Until Dawn, but alas, I will oblige. Yeah, I'm excited to start watching Gab's um, videos of that. It'll probably be a while um, until, Mm -hmm, you know. we got a lot planned. Yeah, we have a lot planned right now, and watching that much of a playthrough, it it makes me not be able to watch anything else. So, yeah, though, it was... It was a fun, it was a definitely a fun ride. Um, and thank you for recommending 
us covering this. That was super fun. I'm excited for us to cover a book next. Yes, because that would be definitely a very Meg-heavy episode. Um, I've Obviously, I felt like I've talked for fucking ages, but that's because <laughs> I have, because it's a me-focused episode. So <laughs> Yeah, so um, if there is a different video game that you would want us to cover that's not a super massive game, please let us know. Um, our Twitter is Horror Huns Pod, and our Instagram is Horror Huns Podcast. I said before that my friend had recommended a couple of video games for us to talk about. I really don't know anything about them, so if there is one, like, I would really love to probably spend an entire month one time talking about Resident Evil. I just have mm-hmm. that on the mind because I'm me and Chicken clearly are going to go watch um I think an episode of the new Netflix one. So, I'm excited. Yeah, so there are a couple of games we're going to do um a series on. So one of them is Resident Evil and the other is going to be Silent Hill. So you don't need to just to suggest those games because we're going to have solely focused probably months on them because there are so many games, movies, elements to it because there's books, there's comic books, there's there's so much games, normal yeah. games, films, and obviously now Resident Evil got TV shows. It's just a lot. So um, I definitely have a lot more in mind, but it'll be interesting to see what you guys suggest. But don't expect Meg to play them. Um, I potentially could if I'm feeling in the mood, but I will not play Outlast or Outlast 2. Just FYI. Well, that says a lot. Um, But yeah, and if there is a book that you would like us to cover, please let me know. Obviously, the first book that we're going to cover is going to be a Stephen King one. Um, But video games and books we would love to get recommendations from people it probably will take us a little bit to get to because you know there's a lot to research and like trying to give v as much time um since she has issues with the reading format (laughs) (laughs) so um the way you said it she's got issues (laughs) it's a dead silence just yes I know I've got issues, but no, she's right. I will probably listen to audiobooks um, when a book is suggested because that's easier on me and it's probably quicker because when I read a book, it takes me a year. Yeah, and if you recommend... even finish it. If you recommend a video <laughs> game and expect us to do it like in the upcoming weeks, you're wrong because um, as V said, it'll probably take me a year to play a game. So um, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but if there are... Any subjects that you would like us to cover, we do not just talk about horror movies and TV shows. We talk about all forms of horror. So if there's something that you want us to talk about, please let us know. We would love to hear what you guys are saying. But other than that, V. Yes. Do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? I love video games. But yeah, I love video games and I am excited to talk more about them.